0: Another glorious morning makes me sick. What was that one? Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I don't know Hocus Pocus. Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. Oh, that was um. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember seeing the commercials for it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. This is going to be a fascinating discussion. This is going to be really interesting. We're going to talk now about. Well, there's a couple of ways that I want to talk about this. In reality, we'll get to the nuts and bolts of the case as a matter on its own merit. But also, there's a bigger discussion about conspiracy theories and misinformation and and how these things can spread and what can come of them. We're going to talk right now about witches, okay? Now, if you think back, you've heard the stories about witches and you know that, you know, I mean, thousands of people were killed because people thought they were witches. How did it get to that point? It all stemmed from a book, a book that went viral, if anything, can go viral way, way back in the 1400s. Apparently they can. This is going to be a good discussion. We have Melissa Chim joining us, who's an adjunct professor and reference librarian, General Theological Seminary. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really looking forward to this.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, so we're talking about a book that sort of spawned the whole witch hunt craze that gripped Europe and then spread to other parts of the world. Tell us about this book. When was it written? What did it say? How far back are we going here?
1: going back all the way to about 1486, and this book was called The Malleus Maleficarum, and it was written by uh, Kramer and Springer. Uh the book itself has about three parts. Um the first part is basically how you can spot a witch. Um also that witchcraft is real and not only is it real, if you don't believe <laughs> that witches are real then you are um actually committing heresy. Okay. Uh the sec- yeah, the, the second part goes into very graphic detail about um witches what witches do Um, how witches kind of cavort with the devil. Basically, uh, sex uh,
0: with with devils is what witches are all about, right? That's basically what Uh, it's Pretty
1: much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It goes into a lot of detail about supposed witches' sexual deviancy and how they um, act that way with the devils, demons, incubi, and how they um, spread their evil, actually, to children, even things like eating children. um, And then uh, part three is basically the uh, the law... Portion of the book, how um, how you should try a witch, um, how you can convict her, how to get confessions via torture, um, and also there is a very very small part on what to do if a woman is actually found innocent of witchcraft. But that was a very small section of the book. Most of it, um, most of that part, is due to the is uh, devoted punishment.
0: Yeah, they they didn't actually have to use that part very often. Now the book itself, I mean, <laughs> this this is not a weighty tome by any means. It's more like a yeah like a, a handbook, right? A pocketbook that you can carry around just in case you need to pull it out for reference.
1: Oh, exactly. The book itself is only about 190 pages long and it's about um, eight inches or so long. So this is meant to, to travel. It's meant to put in your, in your bag, in your coat pocket. So um, it, it was meant to travel far and to be used as, as a guide and a handbook.
0: Okay, now, why was this book written? Uh, wh- wh- where did this book come from? What sort of brought it into existence, and how did it take off the way it did?
1: All right, so one of the um, authors of the book, Kramer, um, was was very preoccupied with witches. Uh, before he um, actually wrote the book in the late 1400s, he tried to give his uh, tr- he tried basically to start his own witch craze himself. He um, attempted to hold uh witch trials in germany but um he was dismissed as senile and crazy it was only until a few years later that he was able to um converse with the pope and actually get a um what's known as a papal bull from the pope to actually um not only to sanction witchcraft trials but to give him and his co-author jacob Springer the uh ability to be prosecutors so um it was uh the book itself was very popular when it came out. it was published around fourteen eighty six The edition that uh, my institution has is from fourteen ninety two It went through about twenty five editions and of course, you can see the tracing of this book from being popular um in Germany then spreading all throughout Europe and then ultimately ultimately making its way
0: to the United States as well literally it went viral it's ba- it just it like things do nowadays
1: oh exactly exactly um, the idea just caught caught on, and it spread like wildfire, and then it was hard to put out after quite a few centuries.
0: Was was that common? I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around how anything went viral in the 14 and 1500s in terms of how the word spread. Did this happen with other books, or was this book sort of special in the way that it took off and and spawned what we know now was just a horrible time in history?
1: definitely right about that in the sense that um, it, the subject matter just captured everyone's imagination so easily. And also when you think back in history in the sense of um, how many people may have been illiterate, but they knew um, they knew of the Bible and they knew the stories of the Bible. And so kind of going back to that idea in the Bible of how uh, women are kind of at the root of man's fall and then bringing it back to this idea of witchcraft and uh, connecting it to women in the sense that women are, are committing this ultimate original sin. And then this even greater sin later on to those kind of ideas were uh, the root of them were already available in society. Yeah. And I think w- once they were written down in this book, it was just able to spread because it it spoke to um, people's fears, uh, people's interests, uh, uh, that kind of fear that we all have in the in the pit of our stomach about, about what could go wrong this this book capitalized on that, and um, as far as I know, at least in this century um uh, no other book has <laughs> has really caught on <laughs> like like this one did
0: um it, can can you read this book? Has it been reprinted? can you get a modern day version of this book? I think it would be fascinating oh, to read in this day and age.
1: Uh, you can definitely grab a, a copy of this book translated into into English um, pretty much at any any bookseller i I would think pretty much any popular bookseller you would be able to get to get a copy of it and then of course uh, there's the option of getting a non-fiction book actually written about this book or about witchcraft in general too. um
0: last one before i let you go basically this is uh it was all women right I mean this was all about women I mean there was not you that dudes can be witches too I mean they said it was theoretically possible, but this was all right. about women, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. See, uh, they, they make, the authors make the concession that, yeah, men can be witches, but for the most part, if a man became a witch, it was because a woman kind of lured him into it, so the definite, the definite emphasis was on on women, and, and the evil women can profit.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Just fascinating. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Melissa. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: You bet. That is Melissa Chim, who is an adjunct professor and reference librarian in general the- at the General Theological Seminary.